Welcome to the Barbell Spin Podcast. We are joined by Tia Claire Toomey and her husband Shane Orr of Proven Fitness. Thank you for joining this morning. Thanks for having us. I was uh, I was really excited that you guys were were coming on the show because I'm a father of two, and I was really excited to kind of give you guys some unsolicited advice of uh, you know all the great things of pregnancy and uh, having a kid. So I uh, can't wait to get into that. Good, yeah, we we definitely need all the advice. <laughs> no, no, I was. Uh, have you? I think when we did go through that. Um, we were, you know, everybody wants to give you advice and, um, you know, how to do things. Have, have you had that happen yet? Um, so, so yes and no, there, there have been, like, we haven't actually been able to, um, see like a lot of people within the CrossFit space just because we've been in Australia and then, um, now like we're back in nashville and shane's you know getting the athletes ready for the open and everything like that um but i i have had um some comments on social media and people giving me their um their opinions and, and their advice as well some good and some bad <laughs> yeah yeah everybody has their own way of doing things and oh, uh, they do. It, it, until you get into that situation you're not going to know what's best for you but it's it's always interesting to have people feel like they, they can comment on it. And, um, I don't have a million followers or more, so don't have the amount of people throwing those advice, you know? In, but. Yeah, it, it's, it's great. You know, I think, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And, and I think at the end of the day, it's really important to just remember, you know, as long as you're doing your very best and as long as you're constantly checking in with yourself, I, I will admit, um, to start off with, when Shane and I first found out that we were pregnant, um, we obviously were trying to process that ourselves, but um, I also was very nervous about what to put out into the world because I knew everyone would be very opinionative and um, not to say that that's a bad thing. I think it's just I didn't want people to think, you know, I was doing it incorrectly. Mm. And then... Um, it was, I think I posted um, a video of me squatting. And, you know, I from, from my percentages and, you know, what I'm capable of doing and what I've done prior to being pregnant, um, it was very, very light. And, um, and I felt good. And I mm -hmm. actually felt really good when I was doing it. And the aftermath, I felt really happy and um, I was excited to be under the barbell. So, you know, for... For that, I was like, I'm going to post this because I personally feel good about that. And um, and I had some really, really good responses as well. And even Shane kind of uh, gave me a little bit of like, hey, yeah, you know, you, you can share this type of stuff. Um, so I was very nervous to start off with. Um, and then once I just, you know, took the bullet, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was definitely something that, yeah, I just have shared a lot more of my journey um, lately. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely over the years, you've seen, I mean, even 10 years ago, somebody that was a woman that was pregnant doing CrossFit, it was like, how could you even be doing that? And now, you know, I think those opinions have, have definitely shifted, at least within the CrossFit community and some outside of it, but you're still gonna get those that, that question what you're doing. Oh, totally. And I think as long as you, again, listen to your body, 
you know, not overdo it. And also constantly communicating with your health professional, your doctor, you know, whoever is guiding you through this. Um, and, you know, making sure that you feel good, they're happy with everything. Yeah, I think you you, you should be pretty good. Yeah. You, you mentioned that, you know, when you guys found out and you're kind of trying to figure out all of this, I mean, what was that initial reaction? I mean, you, you, you went from winning your sixth games, kind of going back and forth. It seemed like maybe a little bit of what to do this season. And now this comes in. Um. <laughs> well, when we first found out, so like I wanted to do something like really special because you go on social media and you see like all these fun videos of uh, women sharing with their uh, plus one that they're going to have a baby and everything. And because I got too excited to kind of share it with Shane, my my announcement to him was a little, you know, it was a little premature. Um, but as soon as we found out, um, you know, Shane wanted me to take another three tests just to double check. And then even until the very first um, ultrasound, we still weren't 100% convinced until we physically seen that there was like... Until we heard the heart. Yeah, there was like the, the tiny little heartbeat just like pounding away in my belly, which was just one of the most incredible experiences. Um, but it kind of made so much sense with like, you know, how the the past few weeks had been, didn't it? And we were just like, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> um, and, then, and then I did say to Shane, hey, this is great. Like, depending on how far along we are, I can, I could do next season. I don't have to do that at all. <laughs> yeah. And we learned pretty quickly that that doesn't always, that isn't the best plan to go ahead. With. <laughs> but I think Brian, like the biggest thing for us too, was like when we started looking deeper into it after those initial thoughts of excitement, which we absolutely are and still are but you know when you start dawning or thinking about the things that may look different in the following season they started playing out as well and i think that comes in that that comes as well like i think the saying is accurate and i think we've heard this many times as well that it always feels like there isn't a right time right to have a child there's always something you're giving up but i don't know where we are right now i've always thought that this have it be now is perfect for us as well. I mean, if you asked me yeah. three years ago, I think that was the perfect time as well. So I think what I'm saying is like for the short term, you think that it's not the right time, but I think there's never a right time. I mean, there isn't precisely an accurate time for it, but it's what you make of it and we're absolutely thrilled for the next chapter. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. I I couldn't you know that saying like, you know, everything happens for a reason. I couldn't be more of an advocate of that because, um, you know, like something will happen in the kitchen and, and Shane will be like, oh, damn, you know, and I'll be like, hey, this is a good, this could be a good or a bad thing. Like everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why this happened. And um, I couldn't believe that any more than like with the baby because ever since, like when we first found out and you go through your, your process, like Shane just said, um, I even went into the gym and I was watching uh, Saxon training and I was like, oh man, like he has two beautiful young little girls, you know, and, and his season technically, 
you know, doesn't get, you know, affected, which it does because, you know, he, you know, when he goes home, he has to look after the girls and, um, you know, he, he has like a family as well to provide for and everything like that. But he, he doesn't have to deter his, his uh, athletic career. And so for a split second, I was just like, ah, oh, damn, I, I have to sit out next season, you know? And, and that, that realization kind of sucked a little bit because it, I've never, ever contemplated it. I've never even really put a lot of thought into it at all. And for that split second, I was just like, ah, oh, what a shame. But then um, I also flipped it around and I seen Shane because he was obviously coaching Saxon at the time. And I just couldn't help but just see this massive smile on his face. And, you know, just to see how happy Shane is, um, you know, everyone's like saying, oh, like, how are you guys and everything like that. And I'm like, man, we honestly are the happiest we've ever been. And so I think that that has been like a really cool thing to see and witness and stuff. Not that we weren't happy before, but it's just crazy to think that like you can get even happier throughout stages of your life. Yeah. And it's definitely something that's different than, you know, it, the happiness is a different realm than what you've, what, what's brought happiness in the past. Totally. Um, it, it, you touched on that mindset of, you know, you see Saxon training, you're now back in Nashville, seeing the whole team out there. Uh, it, has it been tough to sit back and, and kind of have to watch everybody, even, even though you've, you've gotten to that point where you, you know, you're not going to compete this year. But is, is it just tough to watch them over, you know, wish you were out there with them? No, not really. It's crazy because it is in a way I'm like, oh, man, I, I wish I was grinding just as hard as they are. But I, in, in such a big way, I'm trying to really appreciate this whole pregnancy and, you know, really embrace like everything that's come through. So like Shane and I were talking about it the other day and I was just saying like, I, I, it's not that I never appreciate my body before because I, I, I literally have molded my body to, to perform and, you know, be like the healthiest it's ever been to be the fittest, the strongest, everything. And so, you know, my body has been a huge priority in my life. But when I found out I was pregnant and obviously you're reading all these like books and everything out there that show progression through pregnancy and how the body changes. And, you know, I don't want to put, give out too much information, but like when like the woman is actually feeling the belly inside change, that was like a, a whole, like <laughs> people don't talk about that. So I was just like, wow, what is happening right now? Um, and I, I actually, and this might sound a little corny, but I actually felt like a little sad that I didn't say goodbye to my previous body. Um, and so for a split second, I was like, oh, wow, you know, technically my body will never be the same. But then in saying that too, now it's, it's just going through so many different changes and doing so many incredible things um i'm just trying to ride that wave and like just appreciate every single stage and i said to shane i was like i don't want this to end because 
you know, it's it's quite short-lived and don't get me wrong, I, I understand, especially for people that are <laughs> currently pregnant and probably, you know, just about to pop, those last four weeks apparently are pretty brutal. Um, but I just want to experience and like cherish this whole moment for as long as I can. And, uh, and then when it comes to, you know, having the baby and then slowly, you know, recovering, I'll be back in the gym soon enough. And honestly, I have so much fire to get back in the gym as well. So I think it's a win-win situation for me. Yeah. Um, do you, do you think, you know, obviously you're back here in Nashville, in Nashville, in the States, um, is, is the plan to have, have you guys have you given a plan of where, where you think you'll have the baby or? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the plan is to have it over here in America. We're excited for that to be our plan A. Tia's done great, uh, in planning a plan B, which would be back in Australia if things become difficult here. Like obviously being, um, foreigners in this country here, um, with, you know, our visa type and our limited resources in, you know, the obvious things like insurance and having those health professions like relationships already. Um, it, it's not a little daunting for sure, uh, but we've had some great support from our local community as well. And in fact, social media has been a huge tool in helping that as well. Um, so we've, we've been able to tee up and, and line a few things. We're actually through the final stages of making sure it can be done here for us and making sure Tia is happy and comfortable. Obviously, that's a huge thing. Um, but even our team here in Nashville know that, hey, like on a dime that we could be just flying back in, to Australia before the 38-week mark. 36. Oh, one time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just lost two we weeks. Get, get that 36-week right. <laughs> uh, mark and then heading back to Australia for for the baby there, which, which everyone's aware of as well, but, but it's full steam ahead to try have it over here in America, which we're excited for. Yeah. You've, um, you've always been kind of going, you, you mentioned earlier this, this off season that this was your first off season in, in quite a few years, you got to go back to Australia and relax with your friends and family. I mean, how, how great was that to, to, and then have this on top of it was gotta be great. Oh, it was amazing. Well, because we started it off with having, you know, a whole proven camp going down to the um, down under championships in Australia. So that was really, really fun. And then we finally got to build our gym that, you know, Rogue had sent out all that uh, equipment and everything. And just like we, we did things, we finally had time to do the things that have been put on hold since COVID really. So that was really nice. And then we also, because we were back there for Torian, we were training every single day. And then once Torian was done, we had to fly back so that we could be back um, and Shane could be back for Saxon and Brooke at the Mac. So um, we never really got to see, you know, the family and friends um, and spend quality time with them. So you know, finally Christmas time, we got to do that and, and nothing revolved around training, which was really nice as well. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was, it was really refreshing and something that, you know, we hadn't seen some of our family members or some of our friends for like four years, you know, prior to actually moving to the U S because of COVID. So, um, that was really nice. And it was just a really nice, like, fr like, kickstart to the to the yeah. new year wasn't it i think it stays like this too brian that we wish we were back there it's bloody cold over here right now. <laughs> yeah, <it's so> cold. <laughs> it is 
I think it was what in the 20s this morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's a little sunnier today, but it's just been so gloomy. I said to Shane, I said, I don't think, I think I've only had one sunny day since being back in the States. <laughs> I know. It's finally sunny out here in, in Nashville, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not too far out of Nashville, are you? You're just, no, I'm just a little bit southwest of Nashville, probably about 30 minutes or so. That's yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. What town is yeah. it? It's called Fairview. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So kind of the opposite of where you guys are. Um, you talked about your home gym and that was, I mean, watching those videos and having that put up, I mean, that's a crazy gym. Um, so who, who went and planned all of that? Was that, did you guys get the help from Rogue of kind of fitting that in? Yeah. So Rogue were a big part of that. Um, the original design was just a three bay gym, <laughs> uh, three bay Rig. squat rig just like you'd see in an affiliate we yeah. said hey this would be amazing you know it'd be tier nine possibly you know if we get a friend to come in or an athlete from town. yeah and, and then, we went up to columbus too yeah so we, we we just we just pitched them what we we're chasing and hoping to get it there and then we got there and katie and bill pretty much said no like, <laughs> and we thought originally uh -oh, like we asked for two months. yeah yeah I knew we should have said two. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just said hey like we let's do this right, so to speak. So we we're like, oh yeah, we're on board for that. And um, it was an extravagant process, like just the the back and forth, because we had to go back to Australia in our in the time that we did and measure up the gym space. So we had Tears Dad help out in that. Um, but it was it was a lot of back and forth and, and going through. So that yeah, this is probably the fourth or fifth iteration of what what. Like yeah, what we started at to, to where we were, but what we tried to encompass or cover there was essentially one-stop shop as well. You know, so we have a lot of um, like fixed machines, like the leg press and the leg extension, lat pull down, lat pull down, and, yeah. and stuff like that. For a lot of isolation, where we predominantly thought off-season would take place, yeah, for us, so that would be a huge part. And and plus, uh, I don't mind to do that stuff these days. <laughs> the, the, the lesser heart rate intensive movements I gravitate towards. And then, um, and then yes, but certainly so that when the season ramps up like the Torian Pro and we have to go back there for those events, we'd have a full uh, gym just ready to go. And, and then what we didn't get to share, Brian, which we're excited about as well, is that we've got um, like a sauna. Yeah, we've got like, um, so a, a huge like recovery hub and it's not all fully set up yet. So we've just got our um, sauna installed. And then we also have like ice bars um, and, you know, a float tank. So that we're actually wanting to put like a, it outside on a nice little deck and everything like that. So it's not too close to the gym and um, it will literally be like a one-stop shop. So it's, it's the best of, of both worlds. It's, uh, it, it definitely has everything. And it's, um, it's funny because Katie was messaging me once she realized that we were starting to put it together. And she's like, this makes me nervous. And she's like, just let me know if you need any of our team guys out there. And I was like, so adamant to prove them that, hey, no, we got this. Uh, you know, if, if we, if this whole competing um, at the games, you know, stops one day, Maybe Rogue will uh, put us in and, and put us to work on the Zeus. Give you a hard hat and get out there and, and build it yeah. on the Yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, you guys started just 
the duo, right? Um, Shane was coaching you through, and, and it's now grown into proven in the training camps and, and other training camps have come along. It's it's the ecosystem of games athletes has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Can you, Shane, can you kind of describe what that process has been like going from just the two of you to now, you know, multiple training partners and staff and, and a whole yeah. team? Yeah, so it's certainly been humbling and a lot of learnings as well. Um, our, our original plan was just to just to share, it started with just tiers, just profile and just starting to share because obviously a lot of interest in it, just organic stuff of, hey, this is what we do, so to speak, and love to help and, and whatever that looks like. And then it started with a Facebook page and then it started with uh, working with a small app and then, you know, sharing that program out a month, to, uh, week to week, sorry. And as we grew into ourselves or grew in our relationship and in, within to the sport, it allowed sorry it showed us that there's an opportunity for us to fast track or show everyone some of the developments that we learned through our process and that and that's the core reason for what we're trying to achieve here at proven right is to is to fast track everyone's with all the learnings that we've had and to give them the tools to obviously make them succeed in their in their craft or what they choose to be whether it be crossfit or in some form high form of uh, sport as well but but the humbling part comes in this process of seeing the evolution in the athlete as well, right? Like we've seen that take place and which has kept me on my toes, which I, which I actually love is that the evolution of the athlete has changed as well. Like you just look at the podium five, six years ago, it's certainly a different makeup to what it is today, you know, with just with the age and, and the built and the average height and the weight has all been factored in differently too now. And, Certainly with Boz at the front of the realm now programming it, it changes this evolution. So again, like just changing up and reevaluating all the tools that we have in order to provide a, a product that we're proud of just required us to add more people to our staff and help us out through this process. And and one thing is is like having other athletes on board, you know, you want to make sure that you give them the attention they deserve because you see them selfishly, you know, you see them firsthand, sorry, just kill themselves to, to chase that 1% better. And you want to make sure that you'll give, you're making sure that you're giving them more they can to, to achieve that. So um, I'm very proud of the team that we have and to see what we've achieved so far with Proven, but very excited for the years ahead as well. Um, I don't know, like this, it was never intentional to be this big, which I'm very fortunate or humbled about, you know, the direction. I mean, the tier pushing us to keep doing this and even for myself to just to keep pushing the needle and changing that as well. So it's been it's been well received and I'm fortunate for the community to obviously see us as valuable. Um, but it's it's been awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. You did mention in the latest proven video that you, you just mentioned it now that it's more you want to make sure every athlete gets the attention they deserve. Right. And, yeah. and as you get more and more, that does place some you know difficulties to make sure that, you know, Will and Brooke and Sydney and everybody else get what they need. Um, how are, how are you trying to balance, balance that along with just managing proven in general? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and that's something that I actually try have an answer for each day, making sure that I spend time with the coaches. And that's one of our coaching um, questions that we we push to ask each other each day is that, hey, did we 
are we proud of the way we coached each day or did we provide feedback or input to allow them to be closer to their goal and that's something I try to resonate with and some of the tools that we've done in place has obviously had um, recently we've had Nick Nick used to run our compete track and he's now moved to Nashville now my roles actually changed just to make sure that this product I mean just so that I could be more hands-on with the athletes is that Nick is now the CEO of Proven which is awesome and now my role is just to purely work with the athletes and work with our community directly with programming um, and then adding the new coaching tools that we that I want to do gives me time now to implement that and we've just been um, pretty much locked away in the room the last week and a half just nutting out a lot of the programming stuff and structure and how we want to build or create new models for for our guys here which is which has been uh, exciting or geeky for us anyway like literally in a room all four of them just like <laughs> thrown i'm like shane where are you and he's, just, he's like we're programming and then you hear like laughs coming out of the out of the room and stuff and i'm like are you programming or are you having like a lot of fun and yeah they're, they're all beaming and yeah they're well, yeah, because I think I think Brian, this is like the, this is the opportunity right now to shape the athlete, right? Like, as in, like we're forecasting what we're going to do for the season. So, I mean, even though we're laughing, we take it very serious in the sense of that it's very early on in the season slash off season, right? So, we're making sure that we're diving deep and that we're making the changes that we need for the athletes in the community, uh, so that we can create this great foundation as we get closer towards the CrossFit Games or closer to the semifinals or whatever their goals are. We just want to make sure that we have the foundation and we have all aligned with the goal. And um, it has been a lot of fun. I think it's just more the laughs are coming from when we try to convert it, if we could do the workouts, because I think that's another question <laughs> that we like to ask. <laughs> we just don't want to prescribe something that we wouldn't do ourselves. And then, you know, so we can always throw workouts that are crazy out there and these guys would have a, have a red hot crack at it. But if, if we don't think we would <laughs> even think to do this workout, then we think it's absurd. So I think we laugh mm -hmm. at some of the thoughts of us doing it. But I also think, you know, for anyone listening, it just reiterates how important it is to actually, you know, if you have a passion, you know, and you, you come up with this idea, you've got to run with it because this all kind of stem from, you know, the love for training and the love for programming and the love for health and fitness. And then, you know, to look back over the past years, we, when we started off, we could never imagine that we were here. And so I think that that's like a, a good reminder too, you know, like you're, you're living your passion, but you're also, you know, trying to be the best. So it's, mm -hmm. yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty wild, bro. Like, I, if you think about it right now, I don't even know what time it is. It's probably, oh, here it is. It's 9 a.m. in the morning. Yep. It's a it's a Friday. Well, life before this, well, we were we were probably out there in the blistering sun working <laughs> in the mine. So to see yep. the evolution that we've taken place and seeing the success Tia has had, it's, that's another humbling, like, great moment for us. It reminds us, too. It, it motivates us, sorry, as well, like, what what it could have been and, and and reassure that we don't want that moment. Like we don't want to have that since we've come this far. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Yeah. And it, when you're, you, the goal is obviously August, right? The first week of August. And 
Saxon mentioned that he wishes he would have gone down to Miami and, and been at Wadapalooza, but you know, he was having a great training and wants to, you know, knows that's probably best for him to, to continue that training cycle. Do you have those hard conversations with your athletes and have to hold them back? Because I imagine they always just want to be able to compete any opportunity. It's like, yeah, I want to go anywhere and, and yeah. throw down. Yeah. So I think th there's two ways to look at, it. I mean, depending where the athlete is, is probably the best way to say, it. you know, like athletes that are striving to make it to the semifinal slash games, we would actually encourage them to do, uh, we'll pick events with them to do as it just builds them in competition mode, helps them with prep. It gives actually us more data of how they respond to the stresses mm -hmm. of competing. Um, and also gives us time to work with the athlete one-on-one -on -one at a smaller competition where everything, you know, in, in, in our eyes anyways, is slowed down or we can actually take it in and we, we can actually provide better processes for the athlete. But on the other spectrum, right, when, when you are dealing with those guys that are, um, you know, well-established in the CrossFit game space, it is having those conversations and, and just asking them what aligns with them and then talking about the plan or structure that we have for the season, you know. And a big part, especially for a CrossFit Games athlete, is just trying to add in downtime and recovery because of how broad our training is and how how long some of these cycles can be. It's like, hey, I would rather you take a week off and go with your family somewhere rather than mm -hmm. trying to compete. But I know, but the reality is too, and I know that is that they need to make money in the sport as well. It's just where we are right now with the sport. So it is, it's just, it is that, you know, and if, if their motive is to compete and they want to do it because it's a financial thing or whatever it may be, absolutely we're all for it and we'll give them the tools or provide as much assistance. But it is. It's, it's hard conversations, and I think it comes back to the goal or what their why is, and I think that's that's been a big thing for Tier is just treating it like a profession, um, just like you would if you were to pursue the Olympic Games. You understand the qualifying process, and then if anything else comes in between that, you just ask yourself now, was that in the way of my goal, or is that going to actually complement me, or I'm going to learn something from that? And if the answer is yes, obviously do it. But if it's going to be obstructing you from the goal that you want to achieve, then then maybe we look at postponing that. Mm -hmm. Like it was really hard to to sit on the sideline for Rogue last year, remember? And Shane had to have like some stern conversations. And I feel like Katie and Shane kind of ganged up on me a little bit there. <laughs> but um, yeah. You know, it's, it is. I, I remember after the games going, okay, to you, like, this is it. Like, this is awesome for us. This is the first time in many years that we've had this. No <laughs> plans for uh, for the off-season. Let's absolutely mm -hmm. lap this up. Uh, and then, I'm not even joking, Brian, the next day, because she, she wasn't sleeping, the next day I wake up and she goes, okay, just hear me out. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm thinking about doing the Rogue Invitational and doing the Australian Under Championship. The Down Under Championship. And then, and then I'm like, are you serious? Like we just spoke about like this 24 hours ago that you're doing nothing. <laughs> and now you sign up to two off-season events. And then now this probably comes to your point. Yeah, so then stern conversations do have to be had. <laughs> I was not happy. I couldn't even decline my invitation. I was not happy. But it was good.
Yeah. Turns, out, turns out I was pregnant anyway, so it's probably a really <laughs> good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you you have a quite a crew in Nashville training together, what when if an athlete wants to come join the program and, and be in person, um, how do you guys work with that? Is it is it kind of an open door? Do you do you want to make sure that those that are already there are comfortable with it and it would kind of mesh well? Yeah. Yeah. So our, our process is that uh, we obviously want to create a relationship with them. We try and meet them on, online or on the line. Uh, we try and meet them through Zoom or, you know, have a chat with them. Um, and depending on how valuable they are, we obviously try cater for that. So, for instance, we have some athletes that are what, 45 minutes outside of town, you know, some young, talented athletes. So we've actually just encouraged, hey, like there's no point traveling here every day. Just adds a lot of stress for you to get here. When I say stress, I mean more so the burden of going through traffic and delaying your uh, your routine by 45 minutes each way, really. Um, and and you have to juggle your other profession, right? So they have to get out of here, whether it be school, if they've got another like another job. Um, so we just say, look, do that. We can just do a lot of correspondence, but on the weekend when the traffic dies down or whatever, obviously come in and we can make that happen. But on, on further scales, we do a lot of correspondence with you know remote athletes as well. But if regarding the open door policy, uh, what we like to do is before they make the big jump of jumping in, I, I do encourage athletes to, to come in, see, see our athletes, meet our coaching staff, uh, see if they like our culture, what we provide, and, and vice versa too, right? Mm-hmm. There's an ownership of seeing, hey, can I provide uh, tools or can I provide them what they're after, basically? And uh, I need to make sure that I, the answer is yes from all our coaches. And if we can add or we can, we can add value to them, then fantastic. And if they like our culture, then fantastic as well. Then we can try work something out. Um, and I think that's that's probably the biggest part as well. And and we see the substantial value being in person, but at the same time, and we're fortunate too. Our stables are growing pretty pretty heavily as well. So it is. It is trying to find the right fits for for what we're chasing as well, and mm-hmm. making sure that you know the ecosystem doesn't get interrupted with quantity over quality as well. And that's mm-hmm. that seems to be um, like a, a problem or a good problem for us. Like fortunately, you know, so it is something that we we are maneuvering and working towards as well. And we've got a great relationship here with CrossFit East Nashville, um, and, and they're they're so accommodating and allowing us to to pretty much. Uh, clog the back space of the gym so we're very fortunate for that it does work out really well you know as as an athlete like and you know i'm i'm probably the most pickiest because i want my environment to be you know exactly how i want it right um but because we have you know a handful of coaches on board here based in nashville we have a, a really great ecosystem going on in the gym where you know, everyone has like their programming set for, for them personally. And then, you know, we come together as well to, to push each other on specific pieces as well. And then, you know, the, all the coaches are, are watching us, you know, giving us feedback and, um, you know, everyone has like a watchful eye. And I think that that's really important. And it's something that um, as an athlete and trying to, trying to get that 1% better, 
you're you're definitely getting the attention that you need and you deserve and I think they do a really good job of that um because I am very like very very uh critical when it comes to that sort of thing so I think they're nailing it nice good yeah. job so, Tia, what what is have you changed your role of you know what what what, guess what is your role this season now that you're not competing but you're still around the athletes you, you know you're, you're now Shane's training partner um, <laughs> yeah 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 he's beating me oh man <laughs> um <laughs> so well honestly a big thing and again when it came comes to me training as an athlete if i'm training for the crossfit games you know i don't want people just coming into my area and this is going to sound pretty like pretty rough right but like i don't i don't want people to just you know if they're just working on their fitness they're not actually purposefully coming in to train and to get better i don't want them training right next to me because you know like i'm pushing myself and i'm demanding the best from myself and so you know i don't want to have anyone you know getting in my way or um you know taking up equipment or anything like that and so i i am pretty strict about that um and so for me now like i'm not training for the games this year right so um i don't want to be that person for the other athletes at the gym because that's that's not something that i would be okay with as an athlete um however the other day you know these guys had a um, bike test and um you know, a handful of athletes went in at a particular time in the morning and then there was like one or two that came in a little bit later. And so I just jumped in with them and um, I'm on the side of the bike, clearly not going anywhere near as hard as they are. And, you know, I, I guess I'm just, I sometimes try and be like a bit of a reminder of like, hey, how bad do you want it kind of thing, you know? Um, when they're hurting, just push them that little bit more harder. Try not to be a cheerleader. But, um, you know, if, if an athlete needs a little bit of, like, reassurance or, you know, so, sometimes, like, a coach can constantly be there, constantly sharing their knowledge and their, their information. But it, it, may, it may just take, like, an outsider point of view one day mm -hmm. to be like, hey, yeah, like, think back to why you want to do this and how badly do you want to do it and how far do you want to go. Um, so if, if I can be some kind of like, well, I've seen Tia go up mental. to a lot of the athletes and go, Hey, maybe look at doing this. Uh, I see your feet are too wide in this position, bring them together and get more out of your hips out of this way or whatever it may be. So I, I think she has a, a more direct eye and, and the attention to detail with movements than she's probably leading on to here, which is huge for us. At the end of the day, a lot of a lot of it is for us is just making sure the structure and the foundation and and movement mechanics are a huge part for us. But sometimes the internal thoughts of an athlete, the best way to give them advice is from another athlete, so to speak. So, mm -hmm. and that's the culture that I'm very proud or fortunate to have around us as well. Like obviously, Tia leading in that as well is passing on information to help each other grow because at the end of the day if we if we create an environment that we're all striving and growing it's contagious um, not just from the athlete point of view but even from the coaches and even the community there it's contagious so we do want to be uplifting each other and i think it's very important it starts with us mm -hmm. yeah and 
as we as we think about and kind of shift to the season, we're two weeks away from the open. Yeah. How, how much do you guys or the proven team pay attention to these changes with the semifinals and the rankings and strength of field? I mean, is there any discussion from that, or is it just head down and, and just be as fit as you can? Um, for uh, I love to hear Tia's point, but for us, not necessarily. Maybe the biggest thing that we've taken on board um, and things that we can control is just seeing the equipment list being announced. Uh, it's probably been announced a few weeks now, but factoring that into our cycle and the um, the open prep, I think that's been the biggest one. When when they announce some of these other tools, and I'm not having a dig across it, but every year seems to be different. So it's like okay that this is good to know this season, but do I need to retain it for the future? And that's mm-hmm. probably not the best way of looking at it. Um, but I think I'll lean back to the fact that if the objective is to find the fittest to progress to the next portion, I'll just keep hammering away and making sure that we're, we're ticking all those boxes there. And I think I don't want to dilute the athlete's thoughts too into things that are uncontrollable. You know, like a lot of these metrics or leaderboard data points, uh, the score system, sorry. Yeah. Uh, are fixed as in like that that's what it was last year in my eyes the leaderboard's back to zero and then we can only we're only going up from here so to speak so that's that's how I, I try to at least message it to the guys and even to our coaches and that that we're just looking forward um, I will peek backwards every now and again but <laughs> so to speak we're looking forward yeah but that's your job though too you yeah. know I, I know as it like going through the motions like you start like you're obviously you going through off season and then you start to slightly ramp it up a little bit just to do open esque workouts mm-hmm. just to kind of get acclimatized to that for the three weeks. But throughout the open, you're actually leading more into you know your quarterfinal workouts, and then um, as soon as quarterfinals is done, you know Shane um, and the team give us you know like a day or two to kind of reset recalibrate and then it's actually like just getting into the trenches for semi-finals because that training is actually pretty tough um and i know like you know so some of the conversations some of the workouts that we've done in the past are absolutely brutal and so once semi-finals is done you know you've laid a really solid foundation in the lead up to the games um and everyone's seen comments about how much athletes love training for the games because there's such a vast variety of things that we're doing. Um, It is a real thing, but because training for semifinals was so grueling, was so challenging, it just lays a solid foundation for the games training. And then you kind of get a little bit of a uh, breath of fresh air and then you go back into, Mm -hmm. you know, um, grinding it out, but in a different way. Um, And so, once those semifinals are done, it's kind of, it's nice. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're through the thick of it. Brian, what do you think we're going to see in the open? <sighs> I mean, uh, a new movement. I've heard kettlebell, something to do with kettlebell swings. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Some type of kettlebell swing or even. Do you think maybe, it's a swing? Or do you think it'll be like a hang clean? Or do you think it could be a clean or something of that nature. Um, yeah. Lunges with it on something, you know. Um, yeah, I think they'll throw something in there this year with that. Do you think we'll see the single under? No, I don't think so. I don't think yeah, they'll. 
I'm I'm not in the the season this year, so we'll we'll save that for next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as long as they're not unbroken, I think you're fine. <laughs> um, it, with the strength of field and north, and, you know, the North America East is definitely the most loaded region. Um, and Tia, you'd always gone back to Oceana to compete. Um, if you think about like, hey, if there's only three spots at Oceana versus say 12 or 13 at North America East, but it's a stronger field. I mean, as an athlete, do you, do you which way do you go? Like, oh. would, would you rather have more spots available but a tougher field or less spots? It's still not easy to get in through Oceana on the women's side, but it's I, I definitely want to go I want to go where I'm going to have most competition and you're going to get competition everywhere you go right everyone is coming um, to give their absolute best and it's 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 great in every region but when you have a bigger volume you actually have more of a challenge to you know qualify and, and make sure if like you have um, uh, less less chances of stuffing up if you have like a, a, a bigger field of competitors to compete against. And um, that's definitely something that's more attractive for me, you know, in order to get me prepared and ready for the games. And it's not even necessarily just for the games. It's actually just more practice. Like Shed, Shane said earlier, he likes some of the athletes that, um, you know, are kind of coming into the space and needing a little bit more competition experience. Um, I like to think of that too and think, you know, okay, I want I want the best competition experience that I possibly can. Um, I want to be faced with challenges early on so that I can adapt, I can evolve, and I can get better as an athlete, um, not just as a as a, an athlete in general, but as a competitive athlete. You know, there's a difference between training and competing. And, um, you know, if you, if you don't have that, you could train and do an incredible job um in training but if you don't have that competitive edge then that's what's going to really be quite um challenging for you so um definitely something that you know i like to do is just face face um a deeper field when i'm competing yeah i think on my perspective as well i think the the best should go um but i do say that the pre this leaderboard now the data that's provided from it is because of the previous re uh, semi-finals athletes have been able to go. So it's, I think maybe in a year or two, we'll, if, if this is to stick around, we should see it more, not balanced out, but so to speak, that we'd have uh, more injection from the Oceana to, to actually prove their work to get more spots in. Because we've only had three actually to go to the games, it, it's sort of, it's the only way we can yeah. weigh in. Um, but I, I think the best should go regardless mm -hmm. of, of the region or the region should be a factor. But I think it's because of how it's set up the last few years, it's obviously very heavily based towards some regions, so to speak. Um, but but I think CrossFit, have, if had Tier competed, this would have been the first time Tier would have competed in this region as well because of this has been our residence. Uh, so, well, I, I was able to do math the other, that, that one year. Oh, yeah, because math because of COVID. So, yeah, yeah so... Yeah. So yeah, so it, it is interesting. I think this is, is a better step forward mm -hmm. for the longevity. I mean, for the professionalism of the sport, uh, because I felt like 
if the if it was weighed on the app, I mean the people that sign up for the open, that's it's it's a broad open community feel. But when you're trying to find the fittest on earth, but it's really dependent on um, the communities to sign up, whether or not you mm. get a spot. That for me doesn't make sense or align. Um, so I think they are shaping and changing a few things. Yeah, yeah. Do well, you like it? Uh, I like the ranking system. Like, I think it's an interesting thing. A lot, of, a lot of things to talk about. I'm probably would go a different direction on how they allocate the spots more on current year performance versus a two year look back, um, and make more emphasis on how you do this year on the open and the quarterfinals and to give more, um, opportunities for those regions that are, you know, have fewer spots. Cause I just don't see how it right now, um, let's say Africa comes in and has three of the top athletes. How do they ever get to the games to show that they are the best, um, given this and we'll have to see how it plays out. I just don't see, I don't see a path to how that works at this point, but we'll see points in the open and the semi uh, in the quarterfinals are too close. To they, yeah. They don't, they're, they don't give you anything. Right. I mean, everybody's yeah. getting, I mean, Brent Fikowski in his 900th place, got 990 points yeah. just the same as second place yeah so you know again if you had three african athletes and they finished first second third it's a thousand nine ninety nine ninety it they don't get any benefit by showing that ability Absolutely. at least how they've how they've kind of outlined it today well so. how i look at it too is if t was to sign up for the open she gets an extra 990 for just participating but her work capacity compared to someone who gets second is Substantially mm-hmm. different to what she did last year, but she gets right. she gets credit the same point. So, I mean, not I'm not here bashing it, but I think there is certainly, and I'm sure they recognise it as well. There's room for improvement in that as well. And I think you can look at the quarterfinals and even the semifinals for that matter. A very tight point spread. That's yeah, we won't. Right. Yeah, we won't know what the semifinals are for this year. The point spread. Uh, yeah. um, because it'll depend on how many spots are available and oh, they'll yeah, adjust yeah. for the 60 and the, in the three big regions. But um, yeah, it's, I think there'll definitely be some growing pains over the next couple of years to see how it works out. And if, if it's doing what they intended it to, to give those yeah, local regions I opportunities. So. I hope so too. And I think maybe for even for a sponsorship point of view, you know, you can justify as an athlete and mm-hmm. where you are as a caliber and how consistent you are or seeing the climb. I think there's growth there for, for new brands to see, okay, like, hey, we're we're looking to enter the market, so to speak, and whatever, you know what I mean? Like, they mm-hmm. can do that rather than going, oh, yeah, he won the Open. Oh, did he make the games? No. Oh, well, yeah. well, you know, anyway, mm-hmm. I think it's just yeah. give them more data or metric points to see where the athlete is expanding and growing. And, and it is some form of point of data for us as coaches or staff to, to look back and go, okay, are we trending in the right way? I just don't think the points right now don't reflect that accurately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you both for joining this morning. I appreciate it. Um, good luck with the rest of your pregnancy and, and all of that. And and good luck with the proven team and Shane and, and getting awesome. everybody else ready in the next couple of weeks for the open. And um, you know. yeah, it's going to be a full on first few, uh, few months of the year. <laughs> well, my roster, look, my, my days look a lot different now. I was here, um, not, participating but that's certainly jam-packed and if you're ever in east national mate come come yeah absolutely
no, I talked to Nick and we'll um, try to work something out here yeah. for the, the opening quarters to kind of see you guys and cool. um, do some work with you. So appreciate it. Cool. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. You Good too. Night. Bye.